Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Greetings, nerds and nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont. With me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Park. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. That's good. That's good. Having a good week? Ah, uh, sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. I don't sure. know what's the echo with. Like, I don't know why I keep just repeating the same last word. 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 Are you trying to convince yourself? Convince yourself? Convince yourself? Well, I mean, you you always try to make us do pre-show talk, and then we we start, and I'm looking at my timer, and I'm like, all right, eventually we have to start recording. Well, let's go, let's go. Yeah. And and we you always cut it. It just you magically want to start the show the moment you drop something like I don't know. I have a different opinion than you, Sarah. So this will be interesting. And I'm like, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> what? Am I wrong? No. Granted, we're talking about TV and films, so there is no right and wrong answers. There's, exactly, exactly. No, there's no right or wrong. I was just, whenever we were doing our pre-talk, you were you were just sharing your views of, of television this week, and I just said, I had a different, different opinion on it. And so this should be a fun recording tonight. Yeah, and it's all anchored on the same show which is surprising to me because i've i have had i've really liked watchmen mm-hmm. um i'm not nerding out about it as much as other people i.e will is who keeps sending me links to all of these rabbit holes of information yeah. um, that i don't go down not because i don't want to i just i feel like i have i'm I'm almost not in, like, if this show was released next year, mm-hmm. I would probably be nerding off, nerding nerding out about it, watching every episode on repeat and everything, and, and me, and I would be the one sending you links. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm just not, that's not my the way my life is right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you, give you me have... some time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was just, I've seen you those things to help you get your mind off of, of, your, your move and figuring out how to sort your life out as you are literally living out of boxes still. So and suitcases. literally, yeah, literally. And it's driving me crazy, but thank God Panda was in this episode of the Watchmen. Yes. As soon as I saw the Panda, I was like, the Panda is back. Yes. We all is right in the world because I I've, I've been missing Panda. He, he should appear in every single episode. That's all I'm saying. Totally. Totally. He should appear. They've got to figure out a way. Maybe now since, you know, they'll be back in the police station much and all the things that happened this episode, they'll, they'll figure out a way to work him in. I mean, how are they going to be costume of the year for 2020 Halloween if you don't inundate us with how impressive 
and hilarious and ridiculous that outfit is. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Uh, it, it's, it's, and I guess it's, I, I, another commentary about this alternate universe that we're at, that the watchman is set in that the absurdity of the superhero who wears a panda outfit, who's a cop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So we are obviously talking about what watchman season one, and this is all through Wade's perspective. And we learn a lot more about him and his character. And we hear about the, the squid that ends up in New York City due to dim- extra dimensional um, travel, or I don't know what they the kids call it these days. What's going on? Yeah, it was the so it picks up. Wade is we we do get his backstory. I guess he's a Jehovah's Witness, and it's 1985, Hoboken, New Jersey, and they're on a mission trip at this carnival, which the you know think I have to like think back a little bit to Stranger Things with this nostalgia trip uh, because it did remind me a little bit of that Um, and and those little carnivals back in the 80s and whatnot but yeah so we he's in the the carnival he is doing a mission trip and then he gets pulled away and he's in a fun house with a young woman and of course he's a teenage boy and those hormones, hormones, Spider-Verse hormones, uh, start surging. And next thing you know, he's, he's standing there naked and, and she fakes him out and runs out. And then all hell breaks loose, which is the squid, the, the infamous squid that, um, from the comic book was the ending where, uh, Osmodeus, Medias, in order to stop a nuclear war between the Soviet Union and the United States, uh, dropped it in the middle of New York to bring everybody together, which was like alluded to. It's been talked about all the time, but this was like the true like linkage to the actual to the graphic novel, and we actually see the grotesque squid in Manhattan. And of course, we had all the psychic you know trauma that came with it as well. So, uh, which you know again that sets us off into Wade's journey for how he becomes looking guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, I don't, I don't even know if we figured that out. I don't know if we figured out how he ended up from there to being married, trying to go through, um, have that relationship, which mm-hmm. we meet the ex-wife and there's obviously a lot of history there, which I, I'm very intrigued by understanding that relationship more. And we don't really understand how he ended up in Oklahoma. And well, was, being... Yeah, he was originally from Tulsa. So he went back home. Remember, at the very beginning, when they're the so, so he goes back home, but they yeah. didn't tell you why he joined the force, did they? Um, no, I don't think they did. I, I mean, there there is one line that alludes to the fact that you you ended up no wonder you, why you ended up being um, putting on that mask to wrap your entire head because of all the paranoia mm-hmm. that exists, and that's one thing I there there and don't get me wrong. Um, before during the pre-show that should have never happened, we were talking and I alluded that I didn't really care for this episode. There, there were a lot of parts that I really liked. The longer it went on, the more I I was like, I don't know if I like where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm just, what, why, really? Um, and and I liked it again by then, but the whole, de- and, and I don't want to say it's a detour, but the whole thing with the Calvary and um, pretty, the, he, he's a pretty boy. What What is his name? Oh, the governor? Uh, Senator King. Yeah, the senator, like him now being in part of the Calvary. I don't, like, to me, there was something about that where, I don't buy it. Mm. And see, yeah. Yeah. See, actually it made sense to me that he was a part of the seventh Calvary and, you know, basically using them to, and of course the whole, um, you know, we get the sort of the whole backstory for uh, the extra dimensional anxiety that everyone has and the, how, uh, Vate had basically manipulated the situation and, and, and used the squid as a way to save the day and, and save the world, but at the same time uh, also put things in motion with the video to uh, set the path for Robert Redford to basically become president. Because uh, he records that video in 85 to be, re- to be shown to him, I guess, seven years later uh, when he is elected. And, you know, basically explains the, basically lays out the whole, the reasoning why he did what he did. So, uh, it, so I think from that standpoint, uh, Keen, and also looking back to the earlier episodes where, where Crawford had the, the Klan costume in his, in his uh, closet. And, uh, he, you know, of course, uh, Keen's, uh, Crawford's wife working for, for Keen's uh, campaigns, you know, there, there, there was that linkage there. So, uh, so I wasn't too thrown off by, by the fact that he, uh, was, was tied in with the seventh Calvary. Well, don't get me wrong. I didn't say that I was thrown off by it. I said that I didn't buy it. Mm. And, um, and maybe it's because I'm, I guess I'm figuring out that I watch Watchmen, but I don't really watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just making this up. Um, that happens in it. What else happens in this episode? Well, I mean, the, the whole... Uh, 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 well, the key thing was the whole... This, uh, thinking about present-day events with the squid pro quo. And I couldn't help but laugh out loud when I heard that when I heard that line because, you know, every day you get bombarded with the whole quid pro quo with all the stuff, and, you know, going on in Washington. And, and, and so that... What I really what 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 I really liked about this episode was the fact that the, the trauma that Wade had at, from the incident in 1985 and how it caused him to, you know, not be able to form lasting relationships with people. Obviously, his romantic relationships were definitely like thrown askew from what happened to him in the Funhouse, and then you know with his ex-wife. You like you said, I mean, it would be great to. You know, get some more backstory there as far as why it didn't work, and then, and the trust issues, um, how he had trust issues, and then, and then, and how that betrayal of trust, and then he in turn, when uh, Agent Blake, you know, wired his his cactus, and you know, found out that he was communicating with his wife about the drugs that 
Angela had taken off of uh, Will Reeves. That just sounded so wrong. Like, well, the way you said that about um, the cactus, like, <laughs> and then Blake wired his cactus, and I'm like, <laughs> the heck did she do to him? I don't remember that part. Yeah, yeah. Remember, but, jeez, yeah. that was, was that in the looking glass? I don't, I don't know. No, did he no, have his mask? She- no, no, he had, so on his desk, if you, if you, he had a little cactus plant on his desk. No, 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 I, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm just yeah. saying the way you said it, it sounded really wrong. Like my mind went completely someplace else. Yeah, yeah. Well, it did, it, it was pretty wrong. <laughs> but yeah, but anywho, um, yeah, but, you know, she, she did it and, and it basically, you know, Wade basically betrays Angela's trust, just like all those things years ago when he he, he was in trust, trusting and, and, and opened up to someone. And, and then even though it was trying to get it was a booty call, but, you know, he got hurt from it. And so it was sort of the same thing happened to him when he, you know, whenever the Seventh Cavalry was trying to throw her off the off the off the trail or, you know, or they end up killing her family. Um, Wade makes the decision to betray Angela. And, and, you know, after given that he was traumatized from people being dishonest with him, now he's doing it himself. But you could also interpret that he's also doing that because he wants to protect her in a way too. Yeah. I mean, it is to protect her. Um, But it's just, you know, his whole world has just basically been turned upside down because all this time he was, he, you know, everything is, you know, thinking through the, the one of the through lines in this series has been people's people, you know, superheroes are born out of their trauma. And so, you know, this episode is where we face, we see Wade's trauma that what, what pushed him into becoming looking glass. And so, him making and, and basically his whole world being turned upside down because he, you know, he was thinking that it, this, 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 the squid was extra dimensional when it actually turns out it was created here on earth and it was just a big cover story. And, you know, it's sort of like taking the, the red pill or the blue pill. He took the, 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 the pill and now he's like, Oh my, I'm woke and see what really is, what's really going on. Is, is that true? Is that really what this show is about or one of the main things about heroes being born out of trauma? Because arguably, this show made it a point where the main characters and the quote-unquote heroes are cops who yeah. have to wear masks due to that tragic event X amount of years ago. And so they're they're masked cops. Now, from a... Like, for the viewers, they are perceived as heroes because we're used to heroes wearing masks. But the actual heroes, like, um, or the the comic book characters who we're used to finding um, as the heroes, they're, they're alluded to. Um, we may have even seen some of them on the moon, if you know what I'm saying. But they also are... Um, they're almost at a distance. They're almost like overseeing all of these other antics played out by. So I think in a way, really, I would just revise that statement and say that the the cops or protectors are born out of um, 
out of trauma, not necessarily the the heroes or the like the people who we would say is heroes in this genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right, that's that's a fair statement. But I mean, I guess in there in the, but in this Watchmen world, I, mean, I guess superheroes because of the Keen Act are out are are outlawed. So yeah, but the cops are yeah, like you said, I mean, they are the perceived heroes, and I mean, with each character we have encountered, I mean, Angela, looking gas, even Agent Blake with her origin story, with you know her being conceived out of rape. I mean, there is some, you know, some ca- some catalyst event that happened that they feel they go in, the, in, in, in this direction, in this case, law enforcement. Right, right. And I, I like more looking at the, the characters on this show who, who have those, those powers who are larger than life and the, the theme of comparing them to gods mm-hmm. almost to the point of a like um almost as if like yet yeah, not all gods are good you know that right. we we have a devil and and some gods are bad and some are good and some manipulate and and but they they have so much power mm-hmm. that that depending on how they what side of the bed they work wake up in the morning they could either wreak havoc or save everyone so so there there is something about that and and even though i skipped most of that the video that that wade ends up finding about um how this person like planted the squid and everything i don't really i don't know who is his name what is that character's name well this is driving me crazy. Uh, Jeremy Irons' character? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Vate. Andrew Vate. 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 Days. Yeah. Vate. Okay, so even though I fast-forwarded through most of Vate's video, um, I do, I did find it very interesting how he is, um, like, like that's just classic villainy to, to um, say, hey guys, look at what I did. I'm obviously the hero. You know what it reminded me of? Now that I think about it, uh, far from home. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. it's a very much like the true, the true um, ploy, the true game or the scheme is to make everyone else believe that you're the hero when really you're the villain. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a very good analogy that that you pulled there. Um, it does it does have that that very sim- that vibe. Um, and I mean, and essentially that's, that's what he did. I mean, cause basically, you know, and, you know, get into your theme about gods being good or could be good or bad. I mean, the God in this particular world was Dr. Manhattan and he just became indifferent. And so, you know, they basically plugged in that, that void and, and, and basically acted like God and, and dropping the squid on New York to save the world. I always think about Superman whenever we talk about Dr. Man- Manhattan on this show, on this series specifically, because because you're you're right. He became indifferent and then he left and now he's on Mars. And there's still this sense, though, that he's watching over what happens on Earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I and anytime I think about that, I always think of Martha telling Clark, you don't have to save them. <laughs> 
<laughs> you don't owe them anything, Clark. <laughs> I, just, I wonder if Martha's on that moon with she Manhattan. Might, she might be. She might be. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the Agent Blake said that. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Maybe that's the punchline of her joke. I think that that might be. <laughs> yeah, I, I am looking really forward to this week's episode of Watchmen though because that that this idea that at the end of it Angela drinks her her grandfather's memories mm-hmm. and we're going to we're going to go on this psychological memory exploration in the next episode that, that is fascinating it is it is i and it's it was this whole ploy to be, you know whenever they were having their interactions to try you know, to she learned about her uh, more about her family and then uh you know through going to the red Foundation centers and 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 the history museum about the tulsa massacre and then you know basically he you know he set the trap and set the plan in motion for her to to learn about him and and what better way through through the nostalgia and and just the trip that it's going to go on um yeah i I, I'm definitely looking forward to Sunday's episode and also uh, seeing what, ha- what happens with, with Wade uh, because, you know, he, he, you know, he had his whole world turned upside down with learning that the extra dimensional psychosis was just maybe all was all manufactured and manipulated. And then of course, you know, he bought the new box and he threw it in the trash, but then he got it back out and of course, the Seventh Cavalry shows up, and we have our we have uh, you know our, our little cliffhanger till till this week. And I'm hoping Wade survives because I really like the character. Oh, absolutely, Wade needs to survive um, yeah. because that, especially due to the unresolved betrayal between him and Angela, mm-hmm. I think that if he doesn't survive at least one more episode, then. Um, I'm going to look back and find that maybe there predominantly this episode was a waste. Like what you, you've just spent an entire episode featuring this character right? to tell the story and then you wipe him off the map and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. We, we spent an entire episode with Blake and she's still um, like haunting the police force and, mm-hmm. and um, this town and trying to figure out what's really happening and I don't know why. Um, maybe it's some form of redemption for her. But I, I, I agree that ending. Um, there was something very creepy about that ending. Yeah, yeah. And, and it I, and it reminded me about a lot of um, how sometimes Mr. Robot will yeah. will um, steer their their narrative in this. And it, it, I don't know. It just it. I, I, I kept thinking about that. Yeah, yeah, it 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 did have that kind of un, clearly unresolved cliffhanger ending, and just leaves you on the edge of your seat, and just like, oh, well, could go so many different ways. You know, it could definitely go Wade's like in his house and waiting for them to come in, and he just takes them all out, or it could be you know the White Knight for Wade as it happened to Angela's family. So, um, so we'll see. But you're right, I agree with you. It would be a shame. You know, given that the series only has like nine episodes, if they like spend a whole one and, and have this grand revelation and take one of the main players off the stage, um, 
without without that resolution, I, I would be very I'll be very disappointed. So speaking about Mr. Robot, yeah. um, I finally watched an episode of the final season. He <laughs> revisited. Yeah, I've been like I have been keeping up with it. I I ha- I mean there were a couple episodes where I was just like, yeah, this is. I'm not sure about this, but uh, but I'm, but this week's was definitely not one of them. Really? Yeah, yeah. It um, had a lot. I guess you know, as, uh, one of the things you've talked about with me is uh, that the first season, and I guess this episode has so many callbacks to the the first season in the pilot, and uh, it even though it, it, it's the last season, it it really it closed several chapters several arcs but also i i'm still conflicted about what we what we learned about elliot and why he had you know what was the cause of his dissociative disorder um thank god yeah (laughs) for a moment there i thought you were going to like really like it and really like what they did and i'm like really well we have to talk (laughs) no no i i i'm still conflicted as far as one one why did sam make that particular choice of of trauma to be what was this grand secret that he was hiding to because and the reason why I say that is that like, it, it, I mean, I, you know, it was telegraphed where it was going when I was watching a scene. I was just like, please don't let it be that. Please don't let it be that. Mm-hmm. And then it was that. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, shit. So, um, and you know, and from um, you know, from, from just a technical performance standpoint, I mean, it was just just riveting. I mean, it was you know, Rami just just was amazing in that scene, and I mean, the whole. I mean, the whole episode being broken up like a like a, a play and, you know, having five acts, I thought was narratively and, and structurally, it was very fascinating to see that being done on television. Um, so, I, you know, so from a technical standpoint, I liked it. But but as far as the reveal that his father was had molested him. I, yeah, I was just like, uh, I just that I, I just completely turns this whole world upside down. Um. And, so, and really thinking as far as, you know, what, I mean, it makes, I mean, for, you know, on the one hand, it, okay, it makes, it makes sense for like why, you know, his first hack, one of the first hacks we see him do is to hack with the child pornographer in the first season. Um, but then there's other parts of it where I'm just like, what, how does this all fit together? So maybe if uh, over the weekend, I just at random, uh, briefly watched on Netflix, uh, American Son, which is based off of a play. So the way that they structured the entire movie is one room, two characters, three characters, max, and it's, it's all dialogue. It's all conversations. And it, so it's very similar. So maybe if I hadn't watched that, I would sit down and watch this episode in that style and be like, Oh my God, this is revolutionary. This is so cool. It's so different, but I already had that in my head. So I was already like, I've seen this really recently. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I love Vera. Vera, I had a, like first season when Vera shows up and what he does. I always thought that was relationship was really cool. Yeah. The longer this episode went on, the longer I was like, okay, take it down a notch. Like <laughs> they, there are, there's so much sexual attention in that, in that <laughs> whole environment. 
yep. where yep. where it, like it's just it's it's oh, it's good. weird. Yeah, well, I'm see- okay. Good. I'm glad I wasn't the only one thinking that too, because I, I felt the same way. That- I don't. I don't understand why they needed to do that. There was he, and if you watch when he first shows up on the first season, compare that episode, that performance, that character, mm-hmm. to what we got in this episode, night and day. Yeah. Like, like it's it does not make sense. Um, and, and so I was like, oh, okay. And, and it was so freaking telegraphed that the longer they play that, which killed me. Cause I'm like, you could have chopped off two, three minutes maybe from that entire scene. Mm-hmm. We didn't need it. You were spelling it out for us. And, and, um, to the point where by the time Elliot has the breakdown because he's figured it out, I didn't care. I was like, yeah, yeah. I figured it out three minutes ago. So wake up. The and this it kills me. I am not on the fence. I don't like it. I think it's a bad choice because it undermines all of season one for me. Mm-hmm. What I thought was so beautiful about season one is and what what is the only relatable thing about Elliot Alderson as I knew him is that he was a kid who idolized his father. Who, when his father was taken away from he, him, he became more isolated. And, and so he was put on this path of depression. He was put on this path of drugs. Of, and then ultimate, and really a dissociative disorder. And then maybe this event happened and that triggered the dissociative disorder. But because he no longer had his father, he reimagined his father as his best friend or as another part of him, as another identity. And there was something so cool about that. Yeah. Yeah. Then to have this happen, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I get it. We, we all know, we all hear the stories. We all understand that trauma like that leads to those disorders. Right. But it felt very much like a, um, my dad always refers to these kind of things as after school special, like here's a PSA, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and I immediately went to the same thing that you did. I'm like, well, that he, the first episode of the entire show, he takes down um, someone who has child pornography. First episode of this season, same thing. Mm -hmm. So obviously makes sense. Yeah. yeah, there's two seasons in between, no references. <laughs> yeah, yeah, none. Yeah, exactly. Other than, I mean, other than a very protective, like, you know, Krista was dating the you know, the one individual. He, I mean, he did do, you know, he was, he had a very protective nature, which I guess was the, I guess the persona, Mr. Robot, that he had developed. And so he mm-hmm. was doing that externally for like Krista and, but yeah, but you know, I just felt, I just felt Sam took a, took a creatively and it just storytelling was it, it did. It just felt cheap. Yes. Yep. Cheap, unearned. It didn't hit me the way it was supposed to hit me. Yeah. And, and see that, that's another thing about it. 
something like that. You, you, you're so invested in a show. You're so invested in character. You're, you really want to know the mystery. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been fed so many different versions of that that day. We've been fed so many different versions of why Elliot is the way he is that by this point, I'll be honest, I don't need to know why yeah. Mr. Robot is there. I never needed to know. I got over that at the end of the first season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so why now? Why is it so critical? And um, Because I'm, I'm not on the edge of my seat. I'm just like, okay. I, I'm more I'm more taking the fan girl approach where it's like you're ruining my story, Sam Esmail. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. I mean, it, it it did ruin. I mean, it. I mean, for me, it just it just undercut everything. And but I I, and I guess now moving forward, I'm like, okay, so will we see Mr. Robot or will we? You know, there's always been this fan theory out there that there's a third personality so will we see a new person will that new personality emerge or was this or was the secret the third thing that was the third leg that has always been there and and now it's been revealed and and we'll just go back to him trying to undo five nine uh yeah when taking that white rose um, and thank you for bringing that up because there's an episode one of the last ones i watched this season before i like skipped three um, where they end it with, I think it's Elliot's mom and the younger version of Elliot. And she tells him, uh, the, he's the third one is coming yeah. or, or they, they allude to it. Right. And, and I was watching this episode and I'm like, you know what? Because, because initially the, the, it's not telegraphed where this is headed. And and then the longer it goes, then it does. But uh, so I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I wonder if the key is going to be in relation to the reveal of the third identity. Right. And and I was and that see and and there we go. We 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 do have a a running theory. We have a mystery. We know it's been hinted at. Like when are they going to follow through with that? Because that's really what the viewers want to know. Yeah. Not where Mr. Robot comes from. We, right. Like, yeah. And I now mean, that we know, I'm like, uh, I loses all credibility. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah. And so when Mr. Robot the persona does come out again, I can't. It, I, I I won't be able to 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 re- relate to that character the same anymore. No. And and and, and you know, and, and I'll keep an open mind. Maybe it will it will all work out and. And we'll look back at this bottle episode as the episode that needed to happen. Uh, but right now, as 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 a viewer, as someone who's been on this journey, I'm I'm feeling very pissed off and conflicted because on the one hand, well, on the one hand, it was a very bold way to go in some regards. But on the other hand, I feel like. But the, my bigger feeling is that it was, like I said earlier, it was just a cheap way of storytelling, and I felt that it completely undermines what all we've been to up at this point. And so I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, you better bring it the rest of the way if you want to, you know, have a satisfactory resolution for the fanboy, fangirl who's been on this journey the last four years. And and see, I'm not, I'm not. I'm one step further. I'm at the point where I'm like, I just want to see the ending and be done. You know, mm-hmm. I want to, 
I've invested time in it. I've, I've already skipped three episodes a season. I'm obviously like kind of off the train at this point, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch the season series finale for sure. Am I interested to know where everything was going to? Yeah, I am. I just, I just also, I, I really wish they were able to recapture that magic of season one. Like, and that's what I wanted this season. I wanted to go back um, to the basics and, and recapture that magic. And, and I see hints at it. And then I just, and then, and then I just feel like Sam Esmail is, is kind of, um, he, he's taken this approach where he can, it's so self-indulgent. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's so self-indulgent. And between this, the story points and just the overall, let me make every episode this season um, conceptually different. <laughs> you know, that didn't yeah. work for Titans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, see, it's funny because actually this episode prior to up until that point, I was getting season one vibes. I mean, because you know, because like you, like as you were talking about Vera, I, I mean, I, I was really enjoy. I was really engaged in their back and forth between Elliot and Vera, and you know, and his whole thing. I want to conquer the city, and and you're going to help me, and and you know, and Elliot pointed out that you didn't get me mm-hmm. before. And there was so much subtext and so much sexual tension between them, and at least with Vera towards Elliot, and and so yeah, I did get those those first season vibes, and yeah, and it just whenever they went back to the you know to the, the Christus therapy room and all and, and and that whole act, I guess it was Act Four, un, unraveled and and woke and came about. I was just. I saw where it was going, and I was just like, "I hope not." I'm, I, I was really hoping maybe the third personality will show up, but then, of course, we got that he was molested, and then I was like, "Okay, I'm done." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I am. Um, I'm. I'm glad you told me, Sarah. Just you got to watch the episode, yeah. and I'm like, okay. And I'm not saying it was waste of an hour. Or I can't believe Will told me to get back on the train or anything. Um, because this is critical for me to, if, if I'm a fan of the show, this is a critical episode, hate it or love it. I mean, it, it is significant and I think it does, it is interesting that I have not seen a lot of debate online. Granted, I'm online. So we lost power. We lost internet on like Monday or Tuesday night for two and a half hours, um, it was as if I had lost all power and I had no idea what to do with myself. Will. <laughs> but that's besides the point. Yeah, I'm, you know, Mr. Robot, I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have been wondering, well, are they still watching it? Why aren't they covering it? Yeah. Um, well, we just covered it, okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and honestly, I mean, the, the episodes, the, I mean, I've been watching it and, yeah, you know, there was, you know, Tyrell was murdered and other things happened but i felt this episode but when i watched it sunday night i was like we got to talk about this one because prior to prior to this episode it's been happening but i haven't felt um so moved that i was like oh sarah we got to talk about this one but this episode yeah it was it was a 
you know, obviously a malpost in, in, in the series that we, we definitely needed to talk about. So this week, yeah. um, I, I haven't, I don't know what it is with me and my TV watching. I just, I've noticed I haven't really been, oh my God, I need to get on the podcast and talk to Will about these episodes. The one, the one show uh, outside of The Crown, of course, that I watched where I thought, you know what? I I like this was surprisingly Batwoman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. I've been dragging the ship that is Sophie and Kate um, all, all season. And I watched this episode all about Sophie and, and I, and I really liked it. I actually, I got, I understood it. There's a bitterness to it. There's a bittersweetness to it. That I liked um, Pennyworth having her daughter. We all knew what would happen by the end of it. Saw that coming. Um, but I but I like that that I like how they are incorporating these nods to Batman characters and mm-hmm. legacy. Yeah. But the, the, the way they're incorporating them, it doesn't stand out. It feels natural. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They are, they are definitely finding their their footing. You know, we went. I guess the first four episodes, the first three in particular, it was, you know, Kate trying to establish her identity outside of Batman, and there was a lot of Batman. You know, some people felt maybe Batman bashing, or what, or or her, you know, her not mm-hmm. feeling comfortable in the role. You know, and I I mentioned a few weeks ago. You know, I'm I'm starting to grow in the series and feeling Ruby. I feel like I'm growing with Ruby, and her, you know, evolution of as Kate. I'm feeling the same way as a viewer. And mm-hmm. the show is starting to, you know, one of the things we talked about early on was, is it going to break the Arrowverse mold, and sort of branch out and do us, you know, have its own, own identity. And and I think this one, this episode had that mm-hmm. uh, and and you're right I mean the the whole Sophie Kate dynamic how they worked as a couple we you know we were introduced to them as as a couple Kate's choice to when she was at the academy and to go for it and be open and out and, and Sophie we got what I really liked about it we really got Kate's perspe- uh, Sophie's perspective as far as why she made the decisions that she did and how Kate's father had a role in that. Right. Right. And, and it, and, and that was the character development that had been, that had been lacking with Sophie up to this point in the season. So now I'm starting to feel her as a more three dimensional character instead of being the damsel in distress. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a great point. And probably what I wanted to say is that, you early on she felt like that's how her character would be where she literally in the pilot was the damsel in distress yeah, yeah. Gets kidnapped and and uh, Kate comes in and saves her and that's the only reason why she's returned but now which actually leads me to another point now that that Kate like literally Sophie made married someone else mm-hmm. and it is no longer available and that relationship is over so, so in a way to get over that, that connection, I think that's also why Kate became Batwoman. Mm-hmm. I mean, to fill that, that void and, and, um, which is also making her feel so isolated from everything and everyone. Yeah. 
But but yeah, I just there's I really liked it. I was engaged predominantly throughout the entire episode. And and I think that not only are they finding their footing with the world, but they're they're expanding it. And and we're going to say this um, until the writers listen to us. Um, when you keep Alice on the DL, the show is stronger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and please do not tell me she's going to be in this entire first season. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm very curious about how this show is going to navigate the, the stop-start that is going to be crisis, you know, mm-hmm. like how how they're going to l- lead itself into crisis and what's going to happen after crisis and the ramifications for a Batwoman. I am also very interested in seeing a world's finest team up and maybe that'll get me back engaged with Supergirl because if you guys thought I was off the train with Mr. Robot, you have no idea. I've not. I, I think I watched the first three episodes of Supergirl, haven't watched it since. Yeah, I'm 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 all fit too right now. Um, so I'll probably get I'll get back on it uh, right before for crisis, just so I can see what threads are, are relevant to to that crossover event. But yeah, Ben, it's it's something I had to give on the rotation, and that was the one. So so here's a, here's a question for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, in in past seasons. We've always had these crossovers, mm-hmm. and the hype is there. Mm-hmm. However, those it, those seasons never felt as if they were building to this major crossover event. We knew it was coming, yeah, yep. as a viewer, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel like the story threads that that were really, especially with Flash, especially oh. with Arrow, right now. Yeah, it's yeah. all anchored on Crisis. And and we've covered this in the past. Sometimes when you go into something with high, high, high expectations, you're only going to ever be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. D- do you think this is a smart thing for the writers to be doing? Um, Arrow, at least, I feel between Flash and Arrow, you know, with I feel that at least Arrow seems to be at least trying to tell some interesting stories and i mean but um and and yes crisis is obviously hanging over things but i actually i enjoyed arrow this week i i I thought that um it was just you know it was good to see the brafta it was you know seeing the what's been enjoyable about arrow this season has now that that mia and william have come back in time to to be alongside oliver it's been fun just seeing that relationship and it was like a lot of nice nostalgia moments with the, you know, with the training, with the tennis balls and, and, and those kind of things. So, so arrow to me is still very engaging because of that. And even though crisis is hanging over it and uh, all the stories that you know, are, are leading to, to crisis, but it doesn't feel that uh, it doesn't feel as much of filler as the flash has been filling uh, the last two weeks. Um, and a lot of, because I think the last two flash episodes, the Cisco one, I liked, I, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed that episode. I, I, I didn't feel like it was filler this week. My takeaway is 
filler. The Flash yeah. filler. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen, I mean, there. if you want to see a, a good James Bond, like, take riff uh, episode, uh, go watch, there's an episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, uh, Our Man Bashir. That's, that's a very fun take on James Bond. It was just, it was, it, yeah, I, it was hard. It was hard. I mean, I, at first I was trying to be charitable. It's like, okay, it's, I can, I like parts of it, but, Mm-mm. um. But I was talking to our our, our uh, guest one time we've we've had on here, Polly, a couple times, mm-hmm. um, and she was like, "I hated the episode." And I was like, oh, you know, I watched a little bit of it Tuesday night." And I was like, "It's not too bad." But now, having gotten through a little bit more of it, yeah, it was. Flash is they have, hopefully, the next couple episodes will uh, better because this week was definitely the low part so far of season six because it's just it was. 100% filler episode and um yeah they they got to get through crisis yeah i mean and the i mean thing with, is, with the flash and yeah. i'll say this until i'm blue in the face yeah. we all know he's not going to die exactly <laughs> and that's what's driving me crazy yeah, cuz i feel like every episode yeah. is about him getting a team member to accept the fact that he's not going to be around after right. crisis right. and i as a viewer and an intelligent person, I'm like, we know he's going to survive, so why yeah. do we care about any of this? Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's driving me crazy, and I agree. Arrow, by, and I, I was worried there for a little bit. I was like, man, why do we have to have the flash forwards, and do we really care anymore? Because this is about Oliver. This is his last 10 episodes of this show that he's built and his yeah. journey. So you better... So I think it was a smart move to bring in the kids, mm-hmm. especially with with Mia, because with Mia, he never... He'll, he'll never meet... Like, he'll never have the chance to watch her grow up. Right. But at least he's been able to see who she's become. My one qu- um, quibble. Mm-hmm. William needs to stop doing an impression of Felicity. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, they they certainly do their parallels between me and Oliver. Mm-hmm. But not to that eccentric, I'm so smart. Like, he, I'm sorry, you're not Emily Bett. Yeah, Emily yeah. Beck can get away with that stuff. You can't, and I and I and I just the writers aren't doing him any favors either. And it also kind of bothers me, like in a weird way, because I'm like, they're not even genetically related, right? And right. he spent barely any time with her, so why is he acting like like that's his real? Mo- it just that doesn't make sense to me. And yeah. and it stands out anytime I watch the episode. I immediately just want to mute William. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I mean, I, it, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I get, I get this, I get this, what you're saying, and I feel sometimes the same too that he's trying to channel Felicity there. Uh, sometimes it works, more times it not, it doesn't. Um, but they did have, I mean, it, you know it. When you think back to, I guess, seasons with that six and seven, I mean, you know, he and Felicity, before he got sent off to all of, you know, to uh, the grandparents, um, they did have, they did spend a lot of time together. And she did have a lot of opportunity to sort of mold him and formulate him and 
you know, get him on the track, this, this particular track that he, you know, he becomes a computer genius and, you know, genius like she was. So it works, it works okay for me overall. Um, Uh, I I agree. He, he can be a genius. We knew the kid was smart when he was 11 on the show. Um, he, he does not have to, it it feels like a bad imitation. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just, and and I, I know it's not really the actor's fault. It's mainly the writers who are just feeding him that garbage. But it just, yeah. that's the one thing that keeps taking me out of these episodes. Um, I was really worried going into the season that because it all hinges on crisis, mm-hmm. that I would I would be getting annoyed. But I'm not. They they really are utilizing that arc mm-hmm. to their advantage in yeah. finishing Oliver's story. And meanwhile, they're just killing Barry Allen's story, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> running it into the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, the whole finding the, the replacement leader, that kind of stuff. Yeah, they need to. Hopefully, hopefully, these next uh, few episodes leading into Crisis will, will we we will get off of that track and and get uh, really get back to the blood bloodworks. Uh, story because I mean Bloodwork has been a pretty interesting villain this season um, so far and I, and I like what that that, that the actor has, has brought to the character which you know which was solely lacking last season with Chris Klein as Cicada so uh, I mean Paper I Bag will look better that. yeah so <laughs> uh, yeah so there are some points that um, that has worked um but overall, you know, the, the, the things that always drag the flash down is just trying to do too much with all the supporting characters. Uh, we is starting to creep in again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, do you, because this is our last episode, we're going to take a break next week, everyone. Enjoy some turkey. Maybe my world will get back on normal access. Maybe. Um, but will before we go and sign off for the night, any update on Black Lightning? Yeah, uh, quick quick update on Black Lightning. Death, we saw the fallout from um, Tavon's death. Uh, you know, Jefferson was obviously feeling very responsible, and then also uh, Thunder um, was poisoned by painkiller, and so. She, you know, filmed the video just in the event that she was going to pass away. But the real thing, the two things that stand out for me in the episode was Lynn and Tobias still have, you know, Tobias basically still manipulating Lynn uh, and and her addiction to the to the green light uh, that uh, Agent Odell had uh, started early on in the season just came to a head where she, she actually left Jefferson. And 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 is going to go back to the lab 100 percent of the time now. So, uh, and then, and then Agent Odell possibly maybe maybe saying bye bye. Uh, the 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 Markovians came in to town, and uh, firefight ensued, and he was wounded. I don't know if it was mm-hmm. orderly or not. So, we shall see. But we uh, shall see. And let's be honest, uh, Lynn did not only leave Jefferson for Greenlight, but also uh, Gamby. Yeah, and, and like, my fan fiction can continue. Yeah, All continue. right. Yeah, couple, yeah. One thing I do like about what they've been doing with Black Lightning, just like 
like they have been with Batwoman is telling still continuing on a story without crisis being uh, you know overshadowing what's going on in in the, in the main events for for those shows this season. And speaking of yeah, and speaking of crisis, we got some news that uh, Stargirl is going to show an appearance in, in Crisis as a way to introduce her for the new series that's going to be on the DC app uh, later in, I guess, in, at some point in 2020. But the other news with that is the show is going to also be on the, the CW. So mm-hmm. so we'll see that. And, um, yeah, so uh, Crisis, they continue to drop little nuggets as we as we get closer to the event. Who knows? Hopefully, they'll s- start slowing down because hopefully, they'll, they'll, I'm sure they will. I know we'll be surprised about some things, but uh, but that's some other things that uh, happened this week, other than the photos we saw in Entertainment Weekly with like Tom Welling and Kingdom Come Superman and mm-hmm. Batman and whatnot. So. But uh, yeah. And on that note, I'm going to call it a night because all information I do not want to know about (laughs) (laughs) Um, because I just want Crisis to be here so we can get through it and move past it. Um, So I'm going to sign off. Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me and, and send me a baby baby Yoda uh, toy since they're they're coming out this week at uh, Will M Polk. That's W I L L. M P O L K. And you can find me at SJ Belmont, S J B E L M O N T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, but most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.